Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Well, what's up, everybody? Merry Christmas. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Brian Cromer. I'm the lead pastor here at Queen City Church. And uh, we wanted to, uh, my family and I, we, we wanted to send Christmas cards to all of you. Um, but we, we say that we have a no hassle like guarantee, meaning we won't send you a bunch of stuff. So uh, I actually brought a picture of my family that we use for our Christmas card. And so on behalf of my entire family, my wife, Heather, and our two boys, Jordan and Caleb, we just want to tell you Merry Christmas. And uh, we're so thankful that, that you chose to be with us this morning, especially nine o'clock, our first ever nine o'clock service. And you made it here. You made it. Um, some of you, maybe you want to double dip and come to the 11 too, you know, so I uh, wanted to, Hey, my dad is here and my, and my sister is here. And I just want to say, welcome. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Honor you. And, uh, Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn, turn to Matthew chapter two, Matthew chapter two is where we're going to hang out today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, we actually have free Bibles at our info area. And so grab a Bible uh, on your way out if you don't have one. We'd love to give you that for Christmas this year. So Matthew chapter 2. And you already just heard about Queen City Church at home. That will happen next week. And we're really excited about that. So whenever that's kind of released, feel free to share that out on social media, whatever you want to do to be able to get that into as many screens and devices as possible. Uh, but we're really excited about that next week. But then I want to make sure that you know of our next series that's starting the very first Sunday in January. I'm really excited about it. It's actually called this. It's called Silent Killers. And that's kind of the artwork for it. And so... Um, we're really excited about this series. And in this series, here's kind of the snapshot of it. We're going to be basically shining a bright light on certain topics that often stay very comfortably hidden in the shadows. And we call them silent killers because we believe a lot of these things are really silently killing so many people here today. Like it could be even us. It could be our family members. It could be people in our city. It could be people all over the place. But what we believe is that some of these things are kind of silently killing so many people, but often aren't being talked about. And so we're going to be diving into topics like anxiety and depression and shame and debt and stress and a bunch of other things, um, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about them honestly. But also, here's what we believe: we believe that the Bible speaks to every single area of our life, and that the Bible actually has a lot to say about those topics as well. And so I'm so excited because here's what I believe: I believe at the first of the year, you know, where so many people maybe come back to church or maybe kind of I'm kind of having these things in my life. I'm gonna get all these things straight, but there's a lot of things that are under the surface. And what we want to do is we want to shine a bright light on those dark things, show God's word. And here's what I believe. I believe so many people are going to experience freedom like they've never experienced before. So we're so excited about the first of the year. And that'll start on the very first Sunday of January, January 6th, I believe. Okay. So Matthew chapter two is where we're going to be. And I want to read this and uh, we're actually going to read a little bit of a kind of a kind of a different perspective of the Christmas story. And so Matthew chapter two, this is starting in verse one, and it'll be on the screen as well. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem 
in Judea during the reign during the reign of King Herod. Now, this was not Herod at the, when Jesus was crucified. This was a different Herod. This is actually Herod the Great, and he was known as Herod the Great because he was like a really good builder. And that's what he was known for. But he was actually like a, like a dirt bag. Like he was a bad, bad, bad guy. He actually killed his wife and, and two, of his, uh, two, of her, two of her brothers because he was just like paranoid that they were kind of trying to take over. Uh, so he's a bad dude, okay? About this time, some wise men, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And he was actually talking about Micah chapter five and verse two, where it says, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, meaning they were kind of like the run of the litter. For a ruler will come from you. He will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told him, go to Bethlehem. And that maybe sound like a long way, but it was actually about five miles from where they were. So they went five miles to search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east, it guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child, saw Jesus with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Here's just a little side note. Here's what I love about this. Jesus didn't do anything for him at that point. They just worshiped him for who he was. Isn't that good? Oh my goodness, that's good. That, that's for free, okay? Um, <laughs> And then it says, and then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's where we actually do Christmas presents. Isn't that cool? In verse 12, it says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you over this topic. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I think we provided something. Write this down. Learning from wise men. Okay. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story from a different perspective today. Uh, we're going to be looking at the perspective of the wise men mentioned in Matthew chapter 2. And so we're going to learn today from wise men. Let's pray. God, we invite you here at this service to do whatever you want to do. God, we didn't come here just to drink free coffee and to, and to hang out with each other. God, we came to meet with you. And so, God, we ask that you speak. And so we open up our minds and our hearts to receive from you. We open up our eyes to see you today. We open up our ears to hear from you today. Speak. Help us to learn from wise men today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, hey, I just, I want to just, uh, just when it comes to Christmas, how many of you like around your house, you actually have a, a nativity set 
there. I mean, like how many of you just, you put up something, it's kind of the, it maybe looks something like this. It's kind of the traditional, you know, this is one of those traditional type things. By the way, if you don't, no judgment. Okay, no judgment. Okay, I'm a pastor. I do not have one of these in my house, okay? We've got a lot of Christmas trees, a lot of lights, a lot of garland, a lot of snowmen, but we do not have this. So just so it's like, it doesn't mean like you're a bad Christian if you don't have this, you know, but there's a lot of different versions. And most time you see the usual cast of characters. You see Mary that is somehow just perfectly dressed and like just hair all good. And after having a baby naturally in a barn, okay, like think about that. Like my, my, my wife had her second naturally. And like, she, like, I mean, she, she busted a, a blood vessel up in her eye. I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, it happened. True story. And, uh, you know, like, and so you see Mary, you see, you see, you see Joseph, you see a bunch of animals around, you know, you see shepherds and angels that are doing a lot of things. And so you see kind of this traditional, I was actually doing a little bit of research and I found this and I thought it was funny this week. There's actually, you can buy this. This is actually what is called a hipster nativity set. You can actually buy this. You can go buy this. And, you know, so it has, it has Mary and Joseph. They're taking a selfie with, with sweet baby Jesus, you know, um, and sitting there in the manger. And then you, if you see, like, the animals, one of them has a little sweater on, you know. The, the other one is 100% organic beef, you know. And he's eating actually gluten-free feed. I don't know if you see that. Uh, th- this guy ain't even paying attention because he's kind of locked in on his phone there, just missing out on the world. Uh, but then you also see this other group of guys over here, and they're in skinny jeans and rolled up jeans. And, you know, like, I can't tell if it's cold or if it's, it's hot from this picture. Because one guy has a beanie on and a scarf, but he's short sleeves. I don't get it. You know, which one is it? And, uh, you know, they, they all have Amazon packages. But if you see most, like, nativity sets in both different ways, they both feature, like, even here, even in the hipster one, there's a group of guys that's known as the wise men that come and they bring gifts. And, and they're known from that. And it actually comes from Matthew chapter 2. And actually, the wise men are only found in Matthew's account of the gospel. So Matthew and Luke both, like, really in detail talk about Jesus' birth, but Matthew is the only one that talks about the wise men coming. And another name, maybe in your Bible, it says this. It says, for this group of guys, it's maybe in your Bible. I know the NIV, it says Magi. It has that, M-A-G-I, and it says that. And these people, they had all types of different jobs. See, some were like doctors and physicians. Some were professors and teachers. Some were like interpreters of dreams. Others were even considered like magicians or, or like sorcery, like they were into those type things. But most scholars believe that the specific men in Matthew chapter 2 were actually astrologers. They were people that studied the stars. And here's what all these groups, like this, this group of guys, this magi, here's what they all had in common. They were very, very educated So why were they called wise men? Because they were wise men, okay? They were like really smart guys. And so like reading Matthew chapter two this week and just diving into this part of the Christmas story, three things jumped off the pages of my Bible that I think we can learn today from the wise men altogether. And here's the first one. Maybe you wanna write this down. It's that they came to Jesus in a unique way. If you think about it, these wise men, they came to Jesus in a unique way. 
In verse 9 in Matthew chapter 2, it says, After this interview, the wise men, they went on their way. And then it says this, And the star that they had seen in the east, it guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them. And so it was moving, and they were following it. And then it stopped over the place where the child was. What a unique way to come to Jesus, being supernaturally led by a star. And I've read this Bible cover to cover, and there's not another time before it or after it where that's how another person comes to find God. It never happened. It's truly unique to these men. So here's my question. Why? Why? Why did God choose to lead these men to Jesus in this very unique way? And I started to think about it. You know, because these were educated astrologers who would have noticed anything out of the norm when it came to the stars. Like they would have known. That's, that's really what they did for a living. They were studying the stars. They were studying everything. And so they would have noticed that things were just a little bit different. And not only that, they were, they, it, because of their education and because of all the things that they had learned, they would have been familiar with all the Old Testament prophecies and literature about the promised Savior. So when you really think about it, why, why, why did God choose to lead these men specifically to Jesus in that way? And I believe this part of the story screams that God will always meet us where we are. I believe that with all my heart, that God will always meet. I think that's the nature and the character of God, that he never sits back and he waits for us to come to him, that he always comes to us and meets us right where we are. Because here's the fact is that religion, religion is man's attempt to get to God. But the story of Christianity from Genesis to Revelation is all about God's attempt to get to man. In fact, that's what Christmas is all about. That the miracle of Christmas wasn't just that Jesus came to pay for your sins. Because the truth is, he could have done that in a way different way. Because he could have just, in his Jesus godly powers, could have just said, okay, I'm coming to this earth as a 33-year-old grown man, boom, pay for your sins, and then be done with it. But it's not. He chose to come as a baby. He chose to come here and experience this world just like you and I. Why? So that he could relate to us. I love in, in Matthew chapter 1 where it says, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message from his prophet. And then it says this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See that Jesus is, get this, Jesus's very name is screaming that you aren't alone. Jesus' very name means that God is with you and he's with me. See, the real miracle of Christmas is that God meets us where we are. The real miracle of Christmas is that God is with us. And just like the wise men, we have all gotten here today. And I believe in a very unique way because nobody has your story. Nobody's lived your life. Nobody's had the year that you've just had. And maybe you're here today and you don't even want to be here. Maybe you're here today and it's like somebody just tricked you into being here. Like, I thought we were going to brunch, okay? Like, how, 
why are we here? Like, I, I don't get this. It's like they're, they're teasing you with brunch after church, you know? Or maybe you're here just with family because it's like, that's, that's what you do. You're, maybe even you're, you're out of town, you're visiting Cincinnati, and it's like, I, mean, I don't want to be here. I just want to sleep in a little bit. Why? You know, and so may, maybe, maybe you're here. Listen, listen, if that's you, God will meet you where you are. And maybe you're here and you're questioning all this. Maybe right now you're like, man, I, I, don't even, I don't even get this whole church, God, Jesus, Christmas thing. But you're full of doubt, full of questions. I want you to hear this. God will meet you where you are. And maybe you're here today and you've literally had the hardest year of your life. And you're going through maybe major crisis. I know people this week that just had an unexpected diagnosis. I know people this week that lost loved ones. And you're experiencing loss and pain and tragedy. And this season of Christmas is maybe stirring all of that up. Because maybe it's your first Christmas away from somebody that's always been there year after year. And maybe you're here and you can't wait for the calendar to turn to 2019. Because 2018 has just been hard. Listen, God will meet you where you are. And you know, the holidays, they're supposed to be the happiest time of the year. And I found this stat in, in studying for everything is that there's more suicides between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the other 11 months combined. And so maybe you're here today and you're under tremendous stress or maybe there's even like financial burden that you have, or you're struggling with depression, anxiety, you feel hopeless, you, maybe you feel like you have no purpose in life. Listen, God will meet you where you are. However you got here today, I believe that you're here for a reason. And just like the star stopped for those wise men, I believe the star is stopping for you today, for God to meet you right where you are today. So here's the second thing that I think we can learn from the wise men is that they, they brought Jesus gifts. They brought Jesus gifts. In, in, in verse 11, it says, they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, which was like gifts for a king, um, frankincense, which, which maybe one of my sons would call Frankenstein, uh, which is like perfume, incense, and myrrh, which was like a burial spice. And so just by a show of hands, how many of you come from a big family? Like you come from a family that you'd be like, man, it's a big family. So if you don't come from a big family, this, this may not be super relatable, but when you come from a big family, you really have three options when it comes to Christmas presents. One, you get everybody a good gift and go into debt or get out a loan, okay? Uh, the second thing that you can do is you get everybody really bad, crappy gifts, okay? Like, you could go the homemade route, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever done that, you know? Hey, I just made this for you, you know? <laughs> or three, this is probably what's most common, is you actually do a gift exchange and you draw names. Now, just imagine with me if you were a part of one of those and you drew Jesus' name. <laughs> Like, what in the world would you get Jesus? Would you get him, like, a brand new iPad, you know? Like, would you, would you get him, you know, like, hand sanitizer because he touches so many people all the time and most of them are sick, you know? It's just, here's a big tub of that, you know? Would you get, like, a necklace with your picture in it, you know? Like, I don't know. But think about this. Think about this. 
what gift can you get Jesus that he hasn't already given you? And the reality is that there's only one thing that we can give Jesus that he hasn't already given us, and that's our sin. All the ways that we fall short, all our mistakes, that, that's what we can give Jesus. You get that. Merry Christmas, Jesus. You know, like, here's my messed up, jacked up life. Here you go. Like, here's all my mistakes. What a great day, you know. Um, and maybe you're there sitting like, no, 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 not me, not me. See, pastor, what you got to understand is that I'm good. You know, like, I, 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 I'm a nice person. I, I try to do the right things. I try not to have road rage. I don't flick anybody off when they cut me off. You know, like, I don't do any of those things. I don't even honk. I don't even honk. Like, I'm a good person. I give to people. I, 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 I'm try, I, I try to be nice. I try to smile at people. And maybe you're, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a good person. And so maybe that doesn't apply to me. But listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says that we are all infected and impure with sin, all of us. And when we display our righteous deeds, meaning when we say, hey, look at my life, look at all the ways that I'm awesome, look at all the things that I do, and the Bible says that they're nothing but filthy rags. Like, this is what we can offer by ourselves. This is a picture, an illustration that the Bible tries to say, this is what our life is. This is what it looks like. It says that the best, this is the best life that we can offer God on our own. It's the best that we can live out. It's the best performance that we can give. And it's like filthy rags. But listen to what these three scriptures say that lit me up this week. It says Romans chapter three and verse 23. It says, for everyone has sinned. Listen, everyone is this. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. First John 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we may have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse four, it says, for God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And listen, we get to participate in the most lopsided gift exchange in the history of the world. See, we get to give Jesus this. We get to give Jesus our sin, and he says, let me in return, let me give you life. And it just, and a lot of times what we think of that is, is that it, that's, that's eternal life. That's, and it's true. He gets to give us eternal life. He gets to give us life where we get to spend eternity with God forever in heaven. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's incredible. Like, how, what an amazing gift. But he just doesn't stop, like, he doesn't stop there. He just doesn't give us eternal life. He gives us what the Bible also says is abundant life. Listen to what it says in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I came so that they can have, not just in the future, not just after you die, but right now you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. In other words, that the best possible life that you and I can ever live 
is found following Jesus. The greatest gift exchange is that we give him our broken, jacked up, messed up sin, and he gives us life. So here's the last thing. The last thing that we can learn from wise men is that number three, they returned home a different way than they came. I love this part of the story, that they returned home just a little different way than they came. This is what it says in verse 12. It says, when it came for them to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Because the Bible actually says that if you continue to read in Matthew chapter 2, that Herod was already looking for a way, like a plan to kill Jesus. And so they decided to return home a different way. And by the way, that's the heart of our church. I want you to know that, especially if you're here maybe for the very first time. I want you to know the heart of this church is that every single week that we come in here and we leave different than when we came. That every single week, not just on the big Sundays, not just on CEOs, you know, Christmas, Easter, and occasional, you know, like I'm talking about every single week. And listen, that's my prayer, is that every single week that we don't play church, that we just don't go through the motions, that we just don't come in here and know the songs and know the right parts of the songs where we, where we give God our very best here in this moment. And then we walk out of here the same exact way with the same exact problems, is that we believe that every single time that we come here, that we're not coming to listen to a man. We're not here to just sing like good songs. We are here to encounter the presence of God. And when we walk out of here, we walk out of here different than when we came in. And listen, we may have the same problems, but because of what we just experienced, those problems aren't as big as when we go out of here. So listen, that's the heart of our church. The heart of our church is that when we come in here, we walk out different. And my prayer is that that's exactly what happens today. My prayer today is that we experience that, that we lean in, not to hear from me, but that I believe that God, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, God wants to speak to you directly today so that we can walk out of here different than when we walked in. So the wise man, they, they returned home a different way than they came. And by the way, that's actually a beautiful picture of what the Bible calls repenting. It's actually a beautiful like description of that. And by the way, like repent, it's a very churchy word that has a very bad rap, okay? Uh, it, has a, it, has a, it has a very good bad, bad, bad marketing problem, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> Because a lot of times people take it as like very judgmental and they take it as very angry and they take it as like God has this finger that can reach all the way to you at any point and it's pointing at you saying, repent, repent, you sinner, you know, like repent, get right with God, you know, like, and it just, it feels like, oh, like get out, it's judgmental, like I don't like that. And, but it's actually a very beautiful word. In Romans chapter two, it actually says that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. That it's his kindness. It's not him with the big finger and yelling at you and guilting you and shaming you and saying, look at all the ways, look at this, look at your life, look at the way that you live your life and this is awful, you need to get better. And that's not, 
It says God's kindness. It leads you to this act of repentance. And the word repent, what's cool is actually a military term. And here's the meaning. It's a literal change of direction. So this is what it looks like. It's I'm going one way. And I recognize I don't need to be going that way. And so I stop going that way. And it's not just saying I'm sorry for going this way. That's part of it. It's recognizing. It's saying, God, I, I recognize that I shouldn't be going this way in life anymore. And I'm sorry. But then what makes it true repentance is that you actually turn and you go a different way. Just like the wise men, they went home a different way. And that's actually my prayer for today, that this Christmas, that you would return home a different way than you came. That maybe you came here beat down, but that you would walk out of here built up. That maybe you came here lost, but you can leave here found. That maybe you came here and you feel so far from God, but you can leave here close to God. That maybe you came here broken and hurting, but you can leave here healed and whole. That you came here hopeless, hopeless, no hope, none. It's like somebody took a vacuum cleaner to your soul and turned it on and there's no hope, but you can leave here with hope. That you came here with stale religion and this list of do's and don'ts and all these things that you have to do right and all these ways that you get to live right yourself. But you can leave here with a fresh relationship with God. And for me, I made that decision to give Jesus my gift, not on Christmas, but on June 25th, 1999 the back porch of a building. I wasn't in church. And at that time in my life, I was so exhausted from living two different lives. See, I grew up in church. I'm so thankful for that, Dad. I'm so thankful that you and Mom, that you made it such a foundation of my life to be in church. And I grew up in church, and I was taught a lot of things, and I knew a lot about the Bible, and I could smoke all y'all in any Bible trivia stuff. All y'all. But the truth is, there was two versions of me. There was public me, me at church, me, me at school, me around friends, and then there was private me. And those two didn't look anything alike. And I was so exhausted and tired at that time of trying to, I, 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 of trying to keep those two separated. I don't know if you ever experienced that. It's exhausting. And I was so tired, and I realized that I was trying my best to do all the right things, and all I ended up doing was just offering this. And this was a great picture of what my life looked like—just filthy rags, because I was trying to do it all myself. But then on June 25th, 1999. I participated in the greatest gift exchange in history. 
I finally let go of this and I gave Jesus my life and I literally was going one way and I stopped and I recognized it and I said, God, I'm sorry for going that way and I give you this. He said, awesome, here's life. Not just life one day, but life right now. You just got need to go this way. And so I did. And let me tell you, this isn't just hype. This isn't just somebody that has been trained to do this. And I know this is something that I lived. Life has never been the same. It's been so much better. It doesn't mean it's always been easy. I don't want to trick you. and I don't want you to feel tricked or duped that it's like all problems and all things go away. No, but I promise you, I've experienced something that's bigger than any problem I can have on this planet. I have more joy, more peace, more purpose than I've ever had in my life. And I went another direction and my life has never been the same. The cool thing is you can experience that today. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just with nobody looking around, I think this part of our service is very important. We've actually been praying for this. And just one thing that we do every week is we, I just want to encourage you to ask God right now, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me? How does my life need to look different because of what we just experienced? And this Christmas, we want to give you the opportunity to participate in the greatest gift exchange in human history and make the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. Where you can give God your broken, sinful, messed up, jacked up life that you're trying to do on your own. And he can give you, you can walk out of here with abundant and eternal life like you have never experienced before. And just like the wise men, you can leave different than you came. Now, we're not, gonna, we're not asking you to join a church. We're not asking you to, to be like some religious person. I'm asking, do you want a relationship with God? We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna take you to some side room. Nothing's gonna be crazy or weird. We just want you to have an opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. So if that's you, and maybe you wanna make that decision for the first time, or maybe it's like, no, I'm coming back to God. If that's you, without hesitation, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, raise it up if that's you. I wanna make that decision this Christmas. I wanna participate in the greatest gift exchange. It's awesome, 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 awesome. So great. So great. If you would, you can just put your hands down. Now, I just want to ask that you pray this in your heart. And maybe if you didn't raise your hand, but you made this decision in your heart, it's not about raising your hand. It's, it's about the decision that you make in your heart. And just say, just like, God, I repent. I'm sorry for the way I've lived life without you, that I've been going one way. And I stop. Right now, I stop. I recognize that it wasn't the way that it needed to go, that me, by myself, it just didn't work. And so I tell you that I'm sorry. And I just don't say, I'm sorry, God. I turned the other direction. And God, I want to live life with you. And so come live inside my life. I invite you into every single area of my life. God, fill me. Make me brand new. 
God, I surrender my whole life to you and I choose to follow you. Thank you so much for Jesus, for not just paying for our sins, but choosing to come to this planet to experience everything that we've experienced and the miracle of God with us. We're never alone. We thank you so much for Jesus and it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 